Welcome and hello. Today's guest tells us about her experiences with visitors in a college chapel and how her experience integrates with her faith. I'm Tim Mullen, and this is Your Haunted Life. Today's guest is Liz Staley. Liz, would you like to tell us a little about yourself? Yeah. Hi, Tim. Um, yeah, I, uh, well, let's see here. I am um, a travel support specialist at AAA. I was a travel agent. Um, by day, that's my job. By night, musician, um, choir director, chorale director, and auntie to two beautiful children. <laughs> Sounds like it keeps you busy. Absolutely. <laughs> Is the story you're talking to us about today um, kind of one of a kind for you? Um, is it similar to other experiences you've had? Is it kind of the only thing that's ever happened? So this is one of many stories that I've had in my lifetime. Um, it was very unique because it was the experience that turned me on to believing in the, the supernatural, the afterlife. Um, it It caused me to really stop and take pause that people can still dwell among us, even though they're not physically in the flesh. Um, so that's, it, it's, it's kind of like the, it was kind of like the prelude to um, my other spiritual experiences later in life. It's really awesome. So tell us a little bit more about your experience. Sure. So um We've, I went to school at Canisius College, um, and Canisius is a one of the most prominent Jesuit schools in New York, um, and they have a beautiful campus. They have a very long history, um, and it, it goes back numbers of years. Um, and one of the things that I found myself getting involved with was campus ministry. And um, just a backstory on all of that, you know, we got involved with the, the musical um, part of the services on campus. We got involved in the service part. We would do a lot of volunteer service and, and service trips, et cetera. So my, my social life pretty much revolved around everything that went on with Canisius Campus Ministry. So we were at the chapel a lot. The chapel is an, a, a beautiful um, German style um, building, um, stone with beautiful uh, stained glass windows um, and, and masses were held weekly, um, usually two times a Sunday. And with the music, I just got involved. I was there every week and we were there every, you know, couple of nights weekly for rehearsals, et cetera. So it really kind of became a home to me. Um, but one of the things that we just started to notice later in our years at Canisius was that you never got the feeling that you were alone when you were there. Um, even if you were there with a couple of people, you always felt like there was kind of that third wheel, <laughs> but it was just nothing we could ever put our fingers on. And um, one, one, uh, my senior year, uh, a good friend, uh, Ross and I, we were heavily involved with campus ministry and we're actually employed by them. So we were setting up the church for um, the Lenten season. So we were doing um, a lot of decorating, um, bringing out some of the things that we would use for the next few Sundays. And we had heard 
all of this clatter. If you look, if you're at the front of the church and you look to the back, there's the main entrance doorways. It's a double doorway. And then there's a choir loft, um, a balcony, if you will, at the back of the church. And from that balcony, um, that choir loft, there is a spiral staircase that goes from that second level to the main level and then to the undercroft, the basement of the building. And we kept hearing all of this noise, you know, crashing, clanging, and it sounded like someone was throwing chairs down the stairway. And we're sitting there going, what the heck is going on? So as a joke, but maybe somewhat seriously, my friend Russ stands up and goes, you know, you're not scaring us. Just stop and leave us alone. And it went quiet. And we thought, okay, that's interesting. But what really got us was that seconds after he said that and the, and the noise stopped, those double doorways, that entryway opened and closed as if someone were pushing the doors out and leaving the building. Oh, wow. And we both stood there and he looked at me and I looked at him and he goes, you saw that, right? I said, <laughs> I absolutely saw that. Um, and we thought, okay, you know what, we're just going to wrap this up and we're going to get out of here too, because, you know, um, so that was the first part. Um, and then later um, after, I mean, there's a number of little things that happened on campus too, just because of the age of the campus and where the buildings were, but the most prominent parts were really in that church. Um, the, the biggest experience that I had was after graduation, I continued working for campus ministry. They left me on part-time. I was going to direct the student group, um, the student music group, uh, take care of extra masses, uh, organize liturgies. So I stayed on and uh, over the summer, because my, my major was in music, but my focus was on cello performance, not piano performance. So I really utilized the summer as my time to practice and really hone my piano skills. And one particular Sunday, I went into the church and it was a very warm day. Uh, I remember it was probably in the upper 80s, almost hitting 90 and humid. And it was very uncomfortable, but I went over there and I was gonna be there for a couple of hours. And while I was playing, um, I, I, I could tell something was just different about the space. And um, also, again, piano was up towards the front of the church and facing towards the back, the entryway, that same double door that we saw open and close on its own. And I heard while I was playing, I heard a lot of footsteps and it was like um, high heels. And I thought, oh, you know what? Someone's probably walking on the side of the chapel um, because there's sidewalks on that, on that, um, along the side of the building. But then I looked and all of the windows were closed and I thought, okay. And those steps kept coming closer and closer and got louder and louder. And I realized, I wonder if they're on the, the stone aisle that's coming up towards the piano. I just assumed it was me, you know, whatever, I'm imagining something. So I just kept playing. And shortly after that, I hear gum chewing, gum chewing and popping. And I'm, oh, it, it, it oh, gives me goosebumps now. I hate listening to it. And it just annoyed me. So, and I just stop and I'm looking around trying to think, what happened? Like, where are you? What is going on? And out of the blue, I get this stream of freezing cold air being blown in my face. And I, I got, I got goosebumps. I got really cold. 
and I was looking, none of the windows were open, no fans were running along the ceiling. And I'm like, it's 80, 90 degrees outside where the, it was cold. It was so cold. So I thought, okay, well, this is fun. And I had already known these are weird things that could happen. I kept playing anyways, and I'm playing and playing. And it was at, it was a few minutes later, the music literally page by page started turning at the piano. Was it <laughs> and in I time with your playing? No, it was okay. just like someone decided, let's go see what other songs you've got in this book. <laughs> and the pages started turning. And I went, no, 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 no. At that point, I just got up and I said, you know what? I'm done. Have at it. I closed up the piano. I grabbed my bags. I didn't even take that music. I left it on the piano and I walked out and I thought, oh my gosh, what just happened? And I was all by myself. I had no one to, I had no one to share the experience with um, right away, but I thought, oh my gosh, I just had an encounter with something. I don't know what it is. And I was fascinated, but I was terrified at the same time. Ultimately, while I was there for the next few years, those were the types of things that I would hear. Um, the sound system would actually turn itself on and I would hear noises through the speakers. Um, it, it, it was hard to explain some of the phenomenon that actually happened there. We did try ghost hunting there. Um, no avail, but obviously we had no idea what we were doing either. So, you know, not having any equipment, we were like, whatever. <laughs> but um, that's what really got me into the whole fascination of the paranormal and the, you know, the afterlife and really what happens to us after we're gone. And why would someone, something, or a number of people still be in one spot that would cause something so intelligent to happen? Do you? think you found an answer for you for that? I don't. I don't. But after having um, a number of other experiences, I've, I've had um, dream premonition experiences after all of that. Um, I don't know if it heightened or awakened any sort of spiritual sensitivity. Um, my grandmother was always like that too, apparently, according to my dad. She was very sensitive to that. And she, she often had those same types of things happen to her. Um, I don't know if it gave me any answers, but it really gave me something to ponder. Um, I mean, my faith was always, you know, when you die, you know, um, it's, it's heaven, it's hell, it's purgatory. It's, you know, the waiting room, you know, okay. to ultimately make your, you know, decide your fate, but it was never, you could hang back. Um, and so to have that as another option, it makes you really ponder, like, what happened to this person? Is, what, did something happen that they had unfinished business? Do they need to complete something that they were never able to do? It gave me a lot to ponder on, and I still wonder on a lot of it. Um, I think it's just made me, because of those experiences also, it's taken some of that fear away, knowing that it could be an intelligent being, you know, that person would still have feelings, would still also have their own fears, um, their own sadness, their own joys, you know, and to not necessarily look at it as something horrific and terrifying, but maybe there's a bridge 
that that we can have that we can communicate and and actually live in harmony with um, or help if needed. But it, it really gave me something amazing to ponder on. So, so I don't know if I want to pry a little bit too much. Um, I, you know, I know Canisius right. College is a <laughs> is a Catholic college. Um, mm-hmm. Could you talk a little bit how how difficult was that integrating that experience into your faith? So honestly, I, I feel like it. I feel like it's something that's there all along personally. I, I, I think that because faith is such a personal, um, what would you say? Faith is a very personal experience, I would say. It's an organic evolving element to one's life. Um, so when I, when I was starting to realize this, I thought, you know, we all have a purpose maybe, um, and maybe that purpose was never fulfilled and maybe that person still wants to do it. Um, I don't see how God would be punishing someone by forcing them to stay here. Um, I've always been told God creates a welcome, open, um, loving, nurturing place for us to go to. Um, and, and, and to be very honest, to, to say even someone's gone to hell um, in the Catholic faith even is really not true because we don't know what that conversion experience is in someone's heart before they die. We don't know um, what that person felt or if they, if they, if they had a chance to confess sins or, you know, admonish, you know, ask for God to admonish those sins. We don't know. So to say that someone's gone to hell or that someone's only in heaven, it's very presumptuous. Um, So why wouldn't we say that a person felt that they weren't ready for that. You know, maybe their soul wasn't ready for that. Maybe, maybe part of the transition into um, eternal um, life in heaven is finishing those goals that were set before you as a human and you're not done with them. It's really hard to tell. Um, But I I do know that there has been, you know, um, a lot of uh, renowned psychics uh, mediums have also said that there are very troubled spirits and maybe those are spirits that need to be shown that light of peace and love in order to be guided to where they need to go next as well. Um, and maybe that's something they weren't able to get at death either. Um, so faith wise, I, it, to me, it's an integration of part of my faith and what our options are aware, what could happen to us when we die. So it was kind of like new information, but not necessarily conflicting information. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, I feel it's something that could be part of the faith completely. Um, it's just that we never really, we never really entertain that when we're brought up in the faith either, you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, I mean, did you talk to other people who tended to spend a lot of time in the chapel? I know, you know, you, you had that one experience with Rust. Did, mm-hmm. did other people also have similar experiences? Yes. Um, actually, friends of mine, a number of friends of mine have had experiences um, in the in the chapel as well. Um, not necessarily when I've been there. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. when we've all been together in the chapel. But um, we've had a number of, uh, we would hold uh we would use it as a venue for student concerts, student recitals. And um, a lot of students would go there to practice uh, in the space, you know, and get, and get used to the acoustics and everything. And one of the, um, 
one of the uh, trendy <laughs> experiences uh, was that in the middle of the practicing, they would often hear humming or whistling, um, likening to what they were playing, likening to the piece that they were playing. It was almost as if the um, the the spirit or the the being that was there was either mimicking or enjoying <laughs> what right. they were playing. So, and, and it was never uh, never a feeling of. Um, uh, ill or violence or anything like that. It was just almost like they were just there and sort of enjoying what you were doing. That's very cool. Um, uh, Russ actually did have a, another experience in the chapel and it was very funny. He didn't tell me this for a very long time for fear I would never go back, but he was leaving the chapel and he came, he met a Jesuit on his way out um, who was coming in and he said, Oh, hi, how are you father? And the, he said, Oh, I'm, I'm good. And he asked him, you know, I haven't seen you around. Are you new here? Are you coming in to teach? Um, no, I'm visiting. I used to work here. Um, just checking the place out, you know, all that other stuff. And he's, Oh, okay. Well, nice to meet you. And I don't know what this priest's name was, but he did go back to campus ministry and talked with, um, uh, the head of campus ministry, Father Buckeye, um, who has since passed on himself. Um, and he said, oh, I met this Jesuit. Is he staying with you at the Jezrez? You know, that's where all the, right. the, the priests live. Are you, are you, is he staying at the Jezrez? And, and Father Buckeye goes, I don't think anyone's staying here. He goes, but he was, he used to work here. He goes, yeah, and pulled out a number of uh, yearbooks. And Russ goes, oh, this is the guy. And he points to him and he goes, Russ, he's been dead for like 12 years. <laughs> he goes, I don't know. I don't know why he was, why you would see him. But um, so Russ held that back from me for a while for fear that it would really keep me from going in the chapel. But I said, okay. that's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. well, he seems nice enough. Exactly. <laughs> How lucky he got to see someone in, in a visual form, you yeah. know, and communicate that way. I mean, what, what, what a cool opportunity, you know, so. Um, is there anything else that you think people might want for context, um, kind of that, that puts the experience into the context for you or that, or the, the opposite kind of the impact it's had on you that we haven't gotten to? I think the impact that it's had on me I, I, and it really, to be honest with you, is that knowing that this is a possibility, I think it has also made my own experience with death um, in my lifetime um, with family members or friends. It's made it more, I can't say it's it's not tolerable, and I can't say it's been easy. Um, I think it's it's helped me comprehend it a little bit more, and I think it's also helped me find peace easier. Um, when my grandfather had passed away, I had been working at, at Canisius after graduation for about three to four years and he had passed away. And um, I had remembered uh, having a lot of dreams with him in it. And I, I understood them less as just my psyche, but more as messages, visitations. Um, and I found that that brought me great comfort. Um, and then also I actually live in his house. I, 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 okay. I lived with him while he was ill and he passed away in this house too. Um, but from time to time, even, uh, frequently, I should say after he had passed away, we would have, um, 
you know, the spots in the house where we could smell his cologne. We would have spots in the house where it would be very cold, um, but you know, uh, you almost got the presence that he was, he, or the sense that he was with you. Um, I've had times at my own desk working that I've watched my phone go live and, and pictures start appearing. Um, like, you know, like someone's going through my photos or through my phone. Um, and I've, I would sit there and kind of go, okay. And I sort of say, Papa, if that's you, I mean, that's cool and all. You're kind of freaking me out. But if you want to look at my phone, that's fine. I'm glad that you're here. And it would stop. And that 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 tingly sensation that one gets kind of now and again would go away. But I still get those. But I, you know, I, it's really just helped me to kind of be at peace with the fact that we do have a spiritual world around us as well as the physical. And to be able to have that contact is almost like a gift now, you know, to be able to know that, you know, there's someone on the other side that's trying to communicate. It, it, it has to mean that there's a really good bond there that, that they want to communicate still with me. So I feel like that first experience was a little bit crazy, but it definitely has made me feel far more at peace when, when I have a loved one that I feel is close by or something like that. Thank you. Yeah. Is there, are there any projects that you're working on? Is there anything you'd like to take an opportunity to plug? If the people would like to find you, where can folks find you? My life is so caught up in homeschooling and all that other stuff. But the personal project of mine that I'm trying to do is really kind of look at the sensitivity that my grandmother had and that I feel that I have too. Um, and I'd really, I, my goal is to eventually maybe try to hone that. I have experienced premonitions. I have experienced dreams that have been both um, enlightening, but also very disturbing and understanding those um, where they're coming from. So I have been doing a lot of reading on that too, just trying to understand it. Um, but to see how I can hone it and how I can use it. Um, so that's kind of just like a personal project. Um, I have been on the lookout for um, you know, like ghost hunts and things like that. And there are a couple that are starting to pop up now, um, locally. Um, I know that in January of 2021, the ghost light theater in town of Tonawanda or the city of Tonawanda, I'm sorry, is going to be hosting a public ghost hunt and they are taking reservations. So if you're on Facebook okay. and you're interested in doing one, um, these are for people who are, you know, advanced ghost hunters, but brand new to the whole thing and just want to try to understand the experience. They're taking everyone. Um, and I believe that, oh, I forget what the other house was. Um, Hull House, uh, I want to say, um, in Buffalo was also going, was, is also hosting ghost hunts too, for anyone who's interested as well. They're, they're, um, and I think that that one is sponsored by Paranormal Oddities out of Lancaster, New York. So, um, you know, those are things that are coming up that I'm actually very interested in doing. So <laughs> very cool. All right. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you.